Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of The Vigo Show. And thank you for making The Vigo Show one of the top 125 podcasts in the world. No ben big Gantz, deal. How you feeling about that? I'm feeling so good. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know. Someone told me to go on iTunes this morning. I did. It's mean, crazy. Is there a better way to make a week than logging on to iTunes and seeing that? No, no. And how many weeks are we in? We're like four or five weeks in. We this are whole four thing. weeks in. This is episode five. Yeah. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And speaking of incredible, we have an incredible guest with us today, Ari Jacob, who is the founder of Influences.com, works with several social media influencers, which is what we're going to be talking about today, how to influence you. Just kidding. We're going to be talking about how businesses use influencers, the business of influencing, and that seems to be certainly the growing trend of advertising through people with large social following. That's the trend, right? Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and by the way, I just want to say... I've known this man right here for how many years? 10 years years? at least. Wow. And I'm so proud of him. We kind of lost touch because we've both been just super focused, but it's been amazing to come back, move to LA, and then just like see all the amazing things you're doing. So. And um, likewise, right back at you. I always knew that you were going to do big things. So. Likewise. (laughs) Yeah, if you are new to the show, Ben Gantz, who's the founder of Ego Pictures, helps run digital content for American Idol, Laugh Out Loud, Kevin Hart. Lionsgate, several other large festivals and organizations. And we try to just expand your knowledge of the business of Hollywood. A lot of shows talk about the show of Hollywood. If you talk about the business of Hollywood, which is what we're here to talk about. Hollywood 2.0, The Bingo Show. So we're going to talk about the business of Hollywood. Today we're talking about the business of being an influencer and social media influencing, which is huge now, right? This is the the main form that companies are using. If you think about it, every time like some new thing comes out, everybody does it, right? Mm -hmm. The digital agencies, oh, we're influencer marketing experts all of a sudden. And the PR companies are now influencer marketing experts. I believe that we have gotten so close with the influencers and we have so much experience with brands that we just offer something completely different. And I think, you know, people really need to understand this. It's it's not just a new media uh, form like magazines or Facebook ads or television because you're dealing with human beings and, you know, their emotions and if they're having a good day or a bad day or, you know. The human beings being the influencers being those who they're influencing. No, the influencers. influencers, I mean, I think attention is always the the target, right? Whether you're, doesn't matter the medium, but influencers themselves, you have to understand them in order to know what they care about. Cause sometimes it's not money, right? Interesting. So what else are they interested in? I would say the number one thing when I bring a brand to an influencer, they first of all decide, is my audience going to care about this? Are they going to unfollow me because this is not a product that I should be supporting. Um, And how much am I going to get paid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's very interesting because a lot of people think it's just about the money, but but it's not. And also, influencers have different sort of career goals. Some of them want to be actors. Some of them want to be singers. Some of them, you know, want to be creative directors, filmmakers, travel enthusiasts. I mean, there's just so many different things. None of them, most influencers don't even want to be called influencers. Hmm. You know, they feel like they are, they want to be looked at as business people. And that's been, I think, the 
you know, since the beginning of time. I mean, look at Kevin Hart. You were just talking about Kevin Hart. Yep. Kevin Hart is an entrepreneur, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you, In- yeah. Influencers may be like title four or five, but it's not what they want to be known as. Well, and now big celebrities want to be known as influencers. Like, look <laughs> at Will Smith, you know? Yeah. So... But not all of them are putting out content like the way Will, Will Smith is. I mean, mm-hmm. do you know um, anything about that? Do you know how that came about at all? Do you have any? No, I, I don't. You said you knew the guys, right? I mean, I, I know one of the members of the team, but I just think it's incredible. Like he popped up on social media out of nowhere. On like, Ellen, he, right? He said is, that he was joining Instagram on Ellen's show in February, I think, or March. That's crazy. And, and some of the best content out there might be. And opinion. launched his it. YouTube and within like 30 days had a million subscribers. If you, if you think about it, you know, celebrities, athletes, all these people have great stories to tell. And they have their own platform to tell those stories. However, like most people, I mean, I remember a year or two ago sitting with uh, a big Latin uh, musician who now is all over the place, who's actually now doing a bunch of stuff with Will Smith, actually. But I pitched them the idea of doing a vlog. And, you know, they their team was just basically like, well, he's doing his, you know, a documentary and all this stuff, mm. more traditional. Yeah. And they're like, you know, there's not really any room for that. And why would we do it? You know, how we, like... You know, I just think that it took somebody like Will Smith to do it. And even even with Will Smith doing it, not everybody can do it the same way, you know? Yeah, he certainly had 20 years of a career and fame behind him to be able to help propel that. And just pure raw talent. And Exactly. And I bet his kids, honestly, probably drive a lot of the ideas Very behind true. what do kids care about? How should we do this content? I'm just assuming, based on how close he is with his family, I think the wife launch something on Facebook. She Jada has a, has a the, show, the Red the Table. Red Table show. Mm-hmm. Now we're using this, this I word, influencers, and you work with them every single day, literally seven days a week. There's no five day, five day <laughs> a week work week. What is that? And I want to know what is your definition of an influencer? So actually I bought influences.com in 2013. Uh, I started reading, there was all these like genius magazines, Scientific American, all these people were putting out content about what is influence and influence, just the word influence was becoming really popular. Mm-hmm. This was like in 2000, you know, 10, 11, 12, like that's, I already had my finger on the pulse back then, I think on, on influence, but back then nobody could really give me any advice. I mean, the only real person that was talking about this kind of stuff was Gary Vee. And, you know, I had met Gary in 2006 he influenced me. The definition of influence, I believe, is something like when something or an idea or a person makes you change the course of a decision that you were going to make. So, you know, if you were going to somebody influence you to stop smoking cigarettes or to do whatever, you know, or to go out and buy mm-hmm. a product or to change the way you think about something politically or whatever, that's what influences. Um, and I always was fascinated by what what made the best people in the world who they are, right? Like what books did Warren Buffett read? What books did, uh, you know, uh, Steve Jobs read Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know? But, and who inspired them? Hmm. I think that young people, like my generation, 
I feel people were really curious and like, at least I was really curious. We're always learning, you know, trying to figure stuff out on YouTube. Now people just want information. There's so much information that people just want information delivered on a silver platter. They don't even go through the steps of Googling it anymore. I mean, you know, you can, there used to be a time where you had to go through so much research to find something. Now you can just, you know, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. People don't even want to read anymore. They just want to watch it, you know? Um, so I think that there's, uh, I guess that's my definition of influence is just who, who inspires. I think it's inspiration. And originally influences was going to be an app and it was going to be kind of like a, um, a Pandora for video content, but only video content that inspired you, not cat videos or silly things. Well, just cat videos <laughs> inspire some people. All right. Yes. Oh, they may. the irony of all this. <laughs> you know. You bought influences before influencer was even a, a term. You bought it literally because you just wanted to influence people. Like that is what I'm talking about. I, I just wanted <laughs> to amazing. make something that focused on on inspiring people, you know. And I wanted there's so much amazing content online, but it's it's buried underneath a bunch of you know garbage. Uh, and even when you put up a piece of content online, if you don't optimize it for search then somebody might never find it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so I was inspired by video and how video can influence and inspire people. And then I just, because we were making that app, I, the the app essentially worked like this. You would open it and it would talk to you like like a text message. So it would be like, hey, uh, hey Ben, what, who, if you could pick anyone in the world to have dinner with alive or dead, who would it be? And then you would type in the name Warren Buffett or whatever, and then it would serve you video content that it would it thought you would like based on all your previous answers, uh, whether it be like a video on Vice or uh, a TED Talk or you know a biography of somebody. So I started watching all the content online. Like I would go on people's profiles that were trending, like Casey Neistat or um, you know Vice, Shane Smith, and and search videos by. You, you guys could do this. You can go on anybody's channel. You can search by most popular video. Mm-hmm. So you can start to see trends when you when you search most, like, which is the pop, most popular video on a channel. And then you can do it for brands, too. And what you'll notice is that the videos that have the most views are either the ones that they put a ton of media spend behind or the ones that inspired people, you know, to laugh, to travel, to learn something new. Very true. So who are the movers and shakers right now in the influencer world? Who's hot? Who's not? What's going on? And even in terms of like, is there a group of influencers more so of like YouTubers versus singers versus actors and actresses versus other? I mean, the space is becoming so, so saturated that... And and, and now there's micro-influencers and localized influencers. I guess, you know... The original influencers were celebrities, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but celebrities aren't inherently content creators, and that's the big difference. So, for example, you know, I worked with Canelo Alvarez, the mm-hmm. boxer, mm-hmm. during uh, right, right before his uh, fight with Triple G. Mm-hmm. So we followed him every day with the cameras, and we were coming up with, based on his personality, you know, what is his brand? You know, he's a good looking guy. He's got all this, you know, that's inspiring is, is, you know, fitness, fitness, all these different verticals. But Canelo's never going to pick up the camera and be like, Hey, like start vlogging. <laughs> like, this is not who he is, you know? And he has to be guided. 
Yeah, he has to be guided. Or, and also, like, I mean, Produced. the guy's making $40 million a fight. You think he he doesn't want to sit yep. there and edit yeah. the content. The difference is that the biggest social media influencers are ones that they pick up the camera, create their content. They all learn how to do, you know, Adobe Premiere mm -hmm. or whatever it is that they're using. And, uh, you know, they built their audience through whether it was talent or, you know, just sure... Um, you know, almost just being able to hack the social media platform that mm -hmm. they're most popular on. Um, and that's what makes them, I think, a different realm of influencer that's, you know, better for a brand because, you know, the way that brands typically used to work was that you would get hire McCann or some big Omnicom agency and pay them a, a media budget, you know, or they would pay them for the creative Then they would go out and hire talent and then they would hire your company for production. And then, you know, they would hire CAA for talent. It's more so endorsements than it is influence. I feel like what it yeah. really used to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the influencers provide all that in a bubble. That's the problem that's happening now, though, is that managers, typical Hollywood managers, are not marketers. Hmm. So if you're a brand and you come to an influencer and you're like, well, this influencer built a 20 million person audience, so they're going to know exactly how to market my brand or their manager is, right? <laughs> like, they'll sit, they're literally, they'll bring these guys into a meeting and be like, what do you think we should do? And I'm just like, <laughs> these kids, they don't know, you know, they know what's good for their audience. Mm -hmm. The manager just wants the deal to go through. They don't yep. they give a crap yeah. less about change. sales. So how does the relationship go? Who, who hits up who? Do, do your influencers hit up brands? Do brands have influencers? Do you do it all as the middleman? Like, how does it work? Middle woman. <laughs> Call me out. How does it work? So, um... I would say the way that it was working maybe a couple of years ago was that all the brands were like, oh, influencers are great. Let's just throw a bunch of money at them, you know, and they're going to promote our product. Now, there's so many influencers out there that I don't think they're getting as many incoming deals as they used to. The influencers the are influencers. getting as many deals. Um, the managers, I think that big management companies like a CAA or, you know, whoever it is, I think they're having a hard time um, keeping the social influencers because they're dealing with big, huge actors, movie deals and that type of thing. There's some money to be made in the digital space, but mm -hmm. you know, it's not the, the brands like think about the people with the budgets, right? That's how you really have to come back to it. Who has the budget? If the budget is some, you know, digital manager in, you know, New York, they're not going to, I mean, unless they have a, a team, that's within one of those big agencies, like they'd rather just spend the money on Facebook. They're not going to call a Hollywood manager and negotiate with them. Or even if let's say they have an idea, oh, this would be great for French Montana or Kevin Hart. They're probably thinking, oh, that would be way out of reach. Like I'm not even going to call that person, but who knows? I think that what I've realized is that a lot of these celebrities, influencers, especially macro influencers, which I normally work with, mm -hmm. I don't really deal with micro influencers because there's just so many agencies that are, oh, we do, my, you know, we do, yeah. we activate with a hundred influencers, and um, and so I've, t you know, I've more taken. Uh, I think the macro ones actually work better anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but what was the question again? Oh, well, do you have any success stories you could share? Like, like, can you give an example? Oh, you said how, you said how it works. Well, yeah, I was just curious yeah. who reaches out to who. So the brands, so the brands will either reach out 
directly to the influencers via the brand page on a DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, they or they will reach but out. Even, through even email. take it beginning. Okay, I'm a brand. I want to launch my shoe company. Then what? Or like a new shoe. Then what happens? Take me from there. So, well, a good example of it is: uh, Did you guys see Gary Vee's uh, K Swiss launch? Of course, yeah. So what they did was use leverage Gary's relationships. Kind of like if I ever did anything for you in the past, you know, he always says that. <laughs> no, but not like in that way. It was no, just like, it was like, hey, this Gary's shoe's coming out. And it's not like, you know, I mean, if you see the shoe, the, the box is Gary V. I mean, it just, it embodies who Gary V is. Yeah. It's not like you're promoting a shoe. You're not promoting a shoe. You're promoting Gary V's, what, everything yeah, what yeah. Gary stands for. I think that's a special for. case, though. I think that's totally a special case. Well, well, it is, but it's... It, it can be replicated. So for example, let's say you wanted to do the same thing with your shoe. Mm -hmm. So what Gary did was they, you know, found influencers. First of all, they found a brand that that they want to go after uh, entrepreneurs, you know, being an entrepreneur is the new being wanting to be a basketball player. I think that, (laughs) you know, kids, they, they, they all want to start businesses. So that's the new aspiration. So they, that they said that that's what their company stands for. Mm -hmm. So they, who, this was before they met Gary V. So they, they decided, okay, who is that person for us? Okay, Gary fits into our realm. So now let's activate with him. And, you know, for months they're planning, they're, they're sending out releases. Because just because an influencer posts your shoe doesn't mean you can just repost it on your page. There's legalities. There's all these things. So they, you know, got all the forms signed. They got the influencers that wanted to be a part of it. They part of the biggest part of this thing is mailing out the product, getting the, the shoes size, the right size, making sure that all the content goes out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, having a, a, a compelling story to tell the influencers so that they, you know, give your, your story of your brand out the right way, you know, all the messaging, all that. But let's say you're starting a new shoe company. <laughs> so Ben is starting his shoe company. Okay. And how would he, use influencers to get that out. It's not Vans, it's Gans. Gans, oh! (laughs) I'm out of (laughs) here. So the first thing that I would ask is basically, is your company funded or is this like your last $100,000 to make this work? We got millions, millions in the bank. Let's go big. Okay, so you, yeah, because I was going to say a startup you may want to start with smaller influencers and you may want to do like the grassroots approach, have somebody on your team reaching out, that type of thing. If you have budget, mm-hmm. this is not something where you just want to tiptoe around it. Otherwise, like it won't make much impact. So you're starting GANs. I would look at what's trending within the sneaker community, right? So probably, uh, what's that site? Hype Beast and all the yep. people that are involved in that, probably athletes and you know, all the typical things. So right now, one of the most viral videos on, you know, social media was the Shiggy Challenge. Do you guys Mm -hmm. know the Shiggy Challenge? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So Shiggy, I met during the All-Star Game. Uh, This is before the Drake music thing came out. And you're already talking about a really funny guy who's got the personality, who already has videos that go viral. Other celebrities post his videos. He's already, he does takeover, social media takeovers for SportsCenter. And yeah, so he's, he's in your Stephen demographic, right? Mm-hmm. Also, 
you have to think about who can Shiggy collaborate with to make it even bigger. So can, does Shiggy belong to like a group of influencers? If he belongs to Team 10, then he can't work with Clout Gang. Okay, there's all these gangs and people and like clicks. And it's so political. I mean, the, if you work with this person, then you can't work with this person. If you know, there's all these. It's can, high school all over again. It's, it yeah, really I mean, is. They're young kids. They're yeah. like 21. You know, so why I like Shiggy is because Shiggy's friends with everyone, and he's you know, there's nothing, and he's hangs out with the athletes. He he could collaborate with other people. He's a also he will show up on time. He you know he's responsible. That's mm-hmm. a big thing that people don't think about. Like. Sometimes you're going to hire an influencer, and even if you pay them hundred grand, they might not care, you know? Well, a lot of them are young. They're millennials. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's why you also have to find a product that they really like. You know, so the first thing that I would do, let's say you want to, you say, okay, Ari, let's, let's do your strategy and make Shiggy sort of the, the, face. the face of it or the person that makes, the, the Gary V of the, the K-Swiss, right? So you, you figure out, well, First, you have to figure out what Shiggy cares about, right? I don't know. Maybe Shiggy cares about, uh, you know, he wants to be in music videos, right? Um, he wants to be hanging out with big taste makers of music. Obviously, with the Drake challenge. I mean, did you guys see he's now in the video? Yeah, he was in Drake's latest video that just came out two days ago. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Like, Amazing. I'm so happy for him because he's just, you can tell he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, His stock is rising through the roof. Well, and that's the thing. Most CMOs or decision makers at brands, they don't know who Shiggy is. Mm-hmm. Even if they saw mm-hmm. the Shiggy challenge, yep. you know, and they, they don't know anything about him. I mean, he could be a liability. Like, people don't, you know, how do you, so that's why people come to people like me to figure out, okay, you know, who is this person? Because the manager's always going to push them no matter what, right? If you reach out to them personally, they're going to just sell. Yeah. They're just selling that person. Yep. They're not going to be able to, like, if somebody comes to me and they say, oh, I want to use this influencer and it's not the right influencer, even if, you know, my sister company manages that person, I'll tell them because I don't want the brand to never call me back again because yep. I recommended somebody that's you not going to work. You have a reputation work. to uphold. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I want this industry to be successful. Like the influencers shouldn't be competing against each other. They should be competing against TV media. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Condé Nast, uh, all the big, you know, companies that, you know, when's the last time you, I don't remember last time I saw a magazine ad or that it, a magazine ad influenced me or even, you know, that mm-hmm. I even noticed it, that it even yeah. came on my radar. Um, so let's say you wanted to hire Shiggy. So the first thing you want to do is figure out what he cares about. Because maybe, let's say you have, uh, I'm just going to use like round numbers. Let's say that, uh, you know, I think he has like almost a million followers and his engagement rate is like 9 or 10%, which mm-hmm. is super high. Most mm-hmm. influencers have like a... About five, right? Three to five? Three to five, yeah. And some influencers even have less that have, you know, the more followers they have, the less engagement mm-hmm. they have. Um so he's a great, I think he's in a great position to, to do some great brand deals. But if you look at his page, he hasn't done that many. Um, that's because the people that are like jumping on it, 
are maybe not deals that these people want to do. So for example, like if Skinny T calls one of my big influencer girls, she's going to turn it down because she doesn't want to be the face of Skinny T or she doesn't want it. It looks, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't look high end like a Fortune 500 brand. Yeah. In fact, she might charge a Fortune 500 brand a lot less just so she can say she worked with that Fortune 500 brand, you know? So, and you don't want your page is, to be littered with sponsored posts exactly. either because um, then you become known as that person and everyone's like, oh, you're literally just doing this for the money. Unless the sponsored posts are totally fit within your brand, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So um, the way that you inspire the influencer is by, I think, you know, I would say, Shiggy, we're going to create your own shoe. You know, you're going to be able to be the creative director behind this project. Um, and we're going to give you not only budget for you, but we're going to give you budget for your friends or people that you maybe you want to collaborate with. So that puts Shiggy in a really good position. The other influencers want to work with him because they, you know what I'm saying? So he's, he's kind of the one deciding who, who should. Um, and that point you can also test different markets or def- demographics, right? So you could you could do one with like, you know, a funny, like a Lele Pons girl that does like slapstick videos, or you could do, you know, a piece of content with a musician. You could try different- With an athlete. You exactly, could with an athlete. He does the stuff with Odell. Um, and a lot of times, you know, those, the the people who the influencer has supported, they may just, oh, you know, Shiggy's doing a shoe, you know, Odell Beckham might just be like, hey, I'll do a video with you and not, you know, you're not paying Odell and he's not posting it on his page, but he might do a retweet. He might retweet it. Retweets are Twitter is so easy to retweet. Man, you hit on influencers should be using Twitter all the time. They should be tweeting it. Yep. They should be tweeting at brands that they like what it doesn't affect them in any way. They're not getting usually brand deals on Twitter. No. Same with Facebook. Like there's people that have a hundred million following on Facebook. They don't monetize it. It's Mm -hmm. insane. Um, so what, what kind of yeah. money are we talking about for influencers? Because I know even you know, all the way up like Kim Kardashian, whenever she's doing it, that's those are million dollar deals. What's the high and low and I guess, you know, median range for what this costs? Everybody's trying to figure that out right now. And I, I just went to a big marketing conference, the ANA Digital. Uh, it was some of the biggest companies uh you know, Fortune 500 companies were there, and almost the main consensus consensus was that nobody wants to hire the Kardashians. <laughs> really? Yeah. They uh, because the ROI isn't there because they're not a good representation. Um. So one person, one brand person, told me that they're notorious for tweeting, retweeting a brand's post. Or no, sorry. So let's say you're a brand like Cheetos or something, and you're like, oh, and they they. Kim Kardashian retweets whatever you tweeted. If the brand retweets whatever Kim tweeted about it, she can slap them with a lawsuit or uh, basically say, pay me because you didn't have authority to. So they, this is just what a couple people told me wow. was that that's how they're baiting the brands. That's the wrong way to do it. I think. Is that with a contract in place or without a contract in place? What I heard. Huh? Yeah. So is that because they already had a pre-existing contract? No, it's just because there's... So you can't say, retweet anyone without legal consequences anymore? I don't know if most people are doing it that way. Yeah. I just think that the Kardashians have been in this game for so long. They're probably really good at knowing where the loopholes are, Whoa. all this I stuff. I mean, that's breaking news. I, so. Yeah, I mean, this, that's what a media buyer at a really big company How much wow. are they getting for posts? For an Instagram post for 
Kylie, who has a hundred and something mil, and Kim has a hundred, maybe a hundred and, you know, three, four mil. What are they getting for a post? If you had to guess. I mean, they probably say that their rate is a million and they probably wow. would do it for 500,000 maybe or 750,000. This reminds me of a rant you just went on recently. Well, I mean, the thing is, the, the other thing is, is that nobody's really knocking down their doors to pay that much money. Well, who has that kind of money for one post? I mean, that's I a mean, risk. Fortune. Brands are pay- yeah, Fortune 500. They're, yeah. they're paying a lot of money on digital. I'm sorry, um, you know, just traditional media. Mm-hmm. I just think that I think there's a better way to to do it because right now it's like, how do you value yourself, right? I hear the influencers argue back and forth all the time. Like one influencer will come to me and they'll be like, Ari, you need to talk to this girl. I go, why? Because she's making all our rates go down. Or she's devaluing us. And I said, well, how's that? Wow. Well, because she takes a post for $2,000. And I go, okay, but, you know, she has like five fortune, you know, I go on the page and it's like Target, Coca-Cola, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. And it doesn't look like she got paid $2,000. It looks like she got paid by a Fortune 500 company. So let's say I'm, you know, Hershey's and I'm coming in. And I go on her page. I'm like, man, all my all my peers are using her. I'm going to use her. And guess what? She's going to be able to do eventually. Uh, 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 my price is ten grand. It up. Every time. And this other girl um, was talking to me about she. You know who does really actually has done a good job is is uh, Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova is amazing. So they've, you know, them pretty little things. And there's there's companies like that. But when you think about them, you don't think of them as like apples to apples to, you know, Guess or Express or what are some like, you know, big uh, clothing brands. I mean, you don't, mm-hmm. you, but now they're competing against them because, and what they do, at least what I think they do, I don't know for sure, but what I think that they do is they pay influencers up front. So let's say you're an influencer and normally you get $500 per mm-hmm. post. They'll pay you um, $3,000 for 30 posts. So they, the kids get the money out front, Smart. they can pay their rent, whatever. Yeah, and they just, it's good, $3,000 a guarantee. But it's a lot more content. A lot more content. But because it's something, it's clothing, guess what they get to do? Take pictures yeah, of themselves. they can do whatever they want. Yeah, they're taking yeah, pictures of themselves. really well with their brand. If they're doing a water bottle, it would be different, right? But because So most you're talking, yeah. I mean, we've said million dollars, we've said 500. Where is the, is the, you know, median spectrum for these influencers. I mean, it's free market, you know, it's, it's as much as you're willing. Is it usually though a couple thousand dollars? I mean, for people who have, and I guess, I guess it all depends on number of followers. We'll just set a number at like a hundred thousand. If you have a hundred thousand, what is a normal rate that people are getting for a post? Cause I think that people are seeing say, tons like, of posts. I'm going to say, I don't really work with that many that do a hundred thousand. I know like people on my team work with them. And sometimes if they're really targeted, so for example, the beauty influencers are making probably the most money, Okay. but think about how the beauty, the, the beauty influencers, they were the ones that kind of started everything, right? Because you would go on YouTube and they would say, this is how I did my makeup today. Mm-hmm. They would use a bunch of brands in the video. And then what would happen is the brands were noticing a lift oh, this girl posted us and we sold more of that mascara today. Let's send that girl a bunch of mascara or whatever the heck mm-hmm. they sell. So then the, then the girl would do more videos because she had a bunch of free stuff. So then the brand would get even more and then they would say, okay, let's pay her. 
But now let's think, let's fast forward to where we are today. That's how it started, right? And those mm -hmm. influencers started to understand what they were worth. And the brand knew what, it, what they were worth because they had data to, to mm -hmm. prove it. Now let's say a water company wants to work with an influencer. They send the influencer a bunch of free water. The influencer's like, screw you, I'm not gonna do a video about water. <laughs> I don't care if it's free. Like, you could give me free water all day long. And they're hurting themselves because instead of being like, you know, let's say they're an athlete, let's say it's Canelo. Water would be great for Canelo, right? But, but they don't wanna do anything for free. So now how does the brand decide which influencer to use, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's, it's not, every product is not the same. You're yeah. almost even paying, and you look at the makeup, like makeup companies, they'll send you a bunch of free makeup, but then when they pay you, they're almost paying for you not to use anyone else as much as they are maybe to well, use their own product. I would say, so I had a conversation with a marketer that told me, I'm getting tired of renting an influencer for a day and tomorrow mm. they're promoting my competitor. Yeah, preach. And he said how, he, what, they're, what big brands are now trying to do is how do we create our own influencers, right? Because think about it. The influencers used to kind of get excited about, oh, Kylie Cosmetics reposted me. So they would be like trying to bait the brand into reposting their video. That, so it was a bunch of user-generated content, mm -hmm. essentially. Now, you know, the brands, you know, it's, it's harder to get the, to bait the influencers in that same way. Um, but the influencer, if you were, let's say if I had a million followers, I would bait the, the brands all the time. You know, like I would, if I had an idea, I would just do it because I know that they can't just repost that video without asking my permission, a paying me for that exact video or giving me more money to reproduce that video in a way cooler way. So I asked um, the head of Wendy's, uh, th their agency, how they find their influencers. And she said organically, like if you, they had this one guy that had posted a, a, a thing on Twitter that went viral of him in a bathtub with a bunch of um, I think it was like hamburgers or whatever, you know, I don't remember, <laughs> a fries or something like that. I, yeah. think, I think it was that brand. Oh no, I'm sorry, it was Reese's. So it was a guy in a Reese's tub. They reached out to that guy and then they did this whole big, you know, media push, a contest, a new photo shoot, a whole new thing, but they went out and found him. I found other, another brand that, you know, brands get excited. Like if, if you're, if you just started a company or even if you have a Fortune 500 company, there's somebody at the other end of that Instagram yep. profile. So if an influencer with 10 million followers or even 2 million followers sends you a direct message and goes, hey, I have an idea, they get excited. Whether mm -hmm. they end up doing a deal with that person or not, it's up to the brand and the timing, the budgets. This is what influencers don't understand. You know, sometimes they call me and they're like, oh, I heard you had a meeting with uh, Sony. Can we meet with them tomorrow? And a bunch, by the way, I need a bunch of free gear. I'm like, it's just not <laughs> the way kids. it works. Oh, my God. OK, so I've been sitting here very patiently, very yeah, quietly. I, I want to hear from you. I, influencer activations don't mean shit if the creative isn't there. That is my personal opinion. Like if I'm sick of seeing girls going. I love this protein. Like, that doesn't mean shit to me. It doesn't mean Phone shit to anyone. Everyone can see straight through it right now. And I'm curious if the brands understand that or if they're scattered all over America and they haven't caught up to it yet. And then how much control do the brands have on the content? Do they require certain things now based on what we're seeing? So, yes. I think that 
brands now are hiring these agencies to just deal with the influencers because they don't want it. They, they, they give them the main idea. So the brand will be like, okay, we're going to do a campaign about, you know, water and everybody's going to talk about how much they love water and they're going to be in a beach and they're going to, you know, and everybody can do it their own separate way. The, then the influence, so then the agencies, you know, they find a bunch of influencers that they want to activate with. They're just basically placing media mm-hmm. on, you know, the different social mm-hmm. channels. Yeah. And then the influencers sort of required to do exactly what they say. Um, and people are going to skip over that just like they do in commercials. Like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they will. I think that the ones that are being thoughtful about it are, I mean, like, I don't know if you've noticed Cardi B, she talks about Fashion Nova. All the time. They did a thing with Amber Rose. My business partner actually started a company with Amber Rose. Uh, they, so my business partner founded Planet Hollywood. So he was kind of like an OG of starting businesses with celebrities. His partners were Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, uh, Demi Moore. And if you look, I'm a YouTube search nerd. So I went back and searched like the opening of Planet Hollywood, Disney World. And just like all the biggest 80s stars in the world were like at the opening of Planet Hollywood. It was just this huge thing. And those were the stars of that day. You know, I think the I think it's changed and now influencers are like young Hollywood, Mm -hmm. but having somebody with so much knowledge about how to work with those types of people, you know, he's had ups and downs. And I think, you know, sometimes working with talent is really exhausting because, you know, they have so much talent, but then they, they think they know everything or they, they, or they don't trust people because they've been hurt in the past. It's like an old girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, it's like, Oh, if that person, you know, my ex treated me like this, so you're definitely going to cheat on me. You know, it's like the worst because I just want to come and help them. I don't come from a Hollywood background. My background is digital brand marketing. You know, I, and, but I understand where they come from because like my first big brand that I closed, I was like 23 or 24 years old and closed a huge multi-million dollar deal with a huge fortune 500 company. But I remember the day that I, that we were all pitching, because I had a team behind me. I had an SEO specialist, a content specialist, and we worked on this RFP for months. And I remember like the day that we were presenting to the executive team, I just felt like so small. I just felt like these people probably think I'm 12. You know, I look probably younger than I am at the time, even though I was 23, 24. I'm like, they must think I'm in college. And even the way they were looking at me, we're like, how the heck did you get into the room? (laughs) But I knew what I was talking about back then. And we ended up closing the deal. But I can only imagine, even though you're an influencer and you have 20 million followers, when you're trying to figure out how to make business decisions for your life, it must feel like that a lot of times, you know? And so for me at that time with the agency, it was my boss who was like, you know, he believed in me. He sent me out to New York a million times to meet with the client and other people at the agency were like, oh, how cute. Ari met that big brand, but like, it's not going to close. Like, you know, they, they thought it was a joke. And then when I closed it, I kind of was like, okay, I can do this. And I think that's what happens with the influencers is like, you know, they get knocked down. They get, they get told they're not going to make it. And, oh, you're not really a singer. And then all of a sudden they have 20 million followers, but then they have a huge chip on their shoulder. And they're like, oh, F you. You want me to work for you? You're going to pay me a million bucks. And the problem is that the brands aren't going to do that, right? They need help. And they need help forming their pitches delivering the RFP, just like I needed my team of SEO specialists and content specialists, they need their team, you know, and they don't, 
most of them don't have it because it never existed before. Mm-hmm. You had like your manager, but you never had a marketing director or you know somebody that could align with the brand the right way. So for example, like let's say you know you're an influencer and you want to get paid a hundred thousand dollars, and the brand thinks you're worth fifty thousand dollars. Well, how would I put it to the brand to get the influencer the deal? I would say, okay, so typically for this campaign you know, you would spend $100,000. You would spend $25,000 on production or mm-hmm. $50,000 on production. Then you would spend another, you know, $50,000 on talent. Mm-hmm. Then you would spend $500,000 to, you know, um, d- distribution to distribute that content. Yeah. And you wouldn't just do it one time. It's not like you would, cre- you know, think about DRTV, right? Direct response. You don't just create a $100,000 piece of content and then only run it one time on one network at one hour. And then if it doesn't work, you say, oh, guess we got to yep. throw this away. <laughs> that's what it, that's what people are doing with influencer marketing. Oh, we're just going to pay that for that one time. No, like it shouldn't be that way. So the way I would pitch it to the brand is, OK, the influencer is doing the production. The influencer is doing the, the distribution. The influencer is acting in it. My company is doing the creative. So the whole project, you're getting a deal by spending $100,000. You know what I mean? And But the influencers don't really know how to necessarily put it in a way that a brand can understand. And then even maybe you'd, like we were saying with Fashion Nova, where you pay them that money up front, but you say it's for like two posts or three, so you're still getting the money and just spreading it out maybe. I think the other way too to do it is to get them for a long-term contract. Mm-hmm. So because then it goes from the brand working for the influencer or like trying to get an influencer involved to the influencer now relies on you for kind of like to cover their nut of that month, right? So let's say that I'm an influencer that wants to be a musician. All I want to do is play music all the time, be in the studio, whatever. If I have one brand that's paying me 10 grand a month for the year, like, you know, it's a hundred, it's a six figure deal for the influencer. So it sounds good too. Anytime you say you're getting a six figure deal, (laughs) sounds good. And the influencer then is more thoughtful about what they, they don't want to get fired. They want to get the same deal the next year Mm -hmm. because they get kind of comfortable in it, especially if they have a couple of those deals. And then you're actually providing something that the influencer will always be thankful for. I mean, like, think about it. It's just like an investment, right? If somebody invests in you or believes in you Mm -hmm. for 12 months, that means a lot to an influencer. And and what can they do in those 12 months? Maybe they're kind of come out with their CD that they couldn't have done before if they were trying to hustle deals left and right all the time. And I think the credibility of that long term is the same. And like you were talking about earlier, Ben, you have these people who, you know, we all see them do like, hi, I'm endorsing this and this is sponsored. And I just love how this makes me feel. But if you have, even if you did that, if you had someone who did that same product 12 times, I would appreciate it more than a, as a, as a viewer than a one-time post. So going or that you may not appreciate it, but you might remember it. Exactly. You're going to remember it, yeah. Here, here's my advice, right? And I consult on this stuff a lot. I always say use the brand as a prop. Don't think of the brand and then try to build the creative around that. Think of the creative and then figure out how to tie the brand in. And like, I've seen some really good examples that Zach King I was saying about, he does like illusion videos, special effects, right? Mm-hmm. So he like jumps in and out of TVs, whatever. He somehow ends up a Comcast. It becomes a Comcast TV, right? That's it. And it's still the same cool illusion. It's something like I want to watch over and over again, but Comcast is in there. And you know, it, it's an ad. I saw Comcast. I was like, hey, thanks, Comcast, for like giving me a good ad that I actually want to see and like cool content. And another good example I like is uh, is the, what we're doing at LOL. And it's Kevin Hart and Lyft, okay? 
he is in a car driving around a hidden camera and he pranks people. I love that campaign, by the way. And I, yeah. I noticed it before I even knew you worked on it. So, but like, it's perfect. It it's job. like, it's not like lift is 20% off for the next five days. It's just mm-hmm. like, they're in a car, they're in a lift. Everyone knows like the concept of riding in a lift and it just used as a prop. It's a, it's a part of the story. It's not the story. Well, and also, I don't know, but I, I know that they used to activate with like a ton of different influencers. I wonder if now they've realized, well, Kevin's audience is probably the same as 10 audiences put together or the same types of people that mm-hmm. all those people reach. Because, you know, I, I've seen, I think I saw like um, Richard Sherman and uh, all different types of people. But if you know Richard Sherman, you probably know who Kevin Hart is, right? Like who doesn't know who Kevin Hart? So they probably doubled down on Kevin Hart because mm-hmm. he's also funny and entertaining. And once you start working with somebody, you get in the groove of it. The content gets better mm-hmm. and better. He has so many friendships with people he that he can get He gets dedicated to the brand, too, and people see that. They see it not just as a one-time, just, okay, give me my money, here's your content. They see it as, yeah. wow, he really does care about that brand and the relationship that he has. And I think that can take us into our next point of the ROI because that's a huge thing for brands. They're not just wanting to get their product out and they're just going to hand out 10, 20, 30, 50, $100,000 contracts to anyone. What do brands look for on the ROI, the return on investment? And how has that maybe changed over the past two or three years in the influencer landscape? I mean, there's a lot of different theories on ROI, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're comparing it to ROI of television, uh, magazines, radio, you can't track it. Mm -hmm. People just assume that because the media is placed on a mobile device that it's, you know, it's any different than that. I don't happen to think it is because most people aren't doing any type of attribution tracking. So for example, uh, with my background in digital, we used to call you know, a certain type of marketing, uh, like a lead generator. So like the introducers, the person that the type of marketing that introduces you to a product. So that might be like search engine optimization or, um, you know, it it could be, I think usually search engine optimization was what drove people into Mm -hmm. first see a brand. Then they would use social media, maybe blogs or Facebook to do research about that brand. And then ultimately, they just go directly to the brand and buy the product. So unless you're, tra- you're tracking every single touch point of that, you know, how can you attribute 100% of the sale to the last point, you know, last touch, I think it's called last touch attribution. Yeah. A brand, let's say that they spend, you know, $100,000 on an influencer, but you never track if, and that influencer is maybe the relationship builder or the introducer, but you're not giving the, the, the purchase credit to the influencer, you know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be that way. You should actually be tracking all those points because then you could say, okay, 30% of it was attributed to influencer marketing, 30% was to social media, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's so, first-hand, second-hand, and third-hand sales of where your, con- where your audience participation and sales are coming from. Yeah, I think you guys, you, I, you guys should definitely take a look at Zeus Network, for example. Have you heard of it? I have, yeah. So they're kind of like a Netflix for short form content with influencers behind mm-hmm. it. And it's actually owned in part by Amanda Cerny, King Batch and Daystorm. And I know Amanda, I love Amanda. She's the one that helped me like 
meet a lot of the influencers and a lot of the people in the space here in LA very Mm -hmm. quickly. Um, But it's interesting because when you go to, there's probably like 35 influencers that have, that are in shows on the platform. And I think they're getting like paid a percentage of my recurring subscription to Zeus. But when you go on the thing to sign up, it's like, which influencer drove you here? And I'm like, (laughs) oh man, like I like Adam, I like Amanda, I like Batch. So one of them is going to get the credit for it. The rest of them aren't, you know, and at the end. And, and so it's kind of like the same thing with like uh, a brand. Even if you have a discount code, just it's just whatever one you remember off the top of your head. It doesn't mean that the other ones didn't drive you there. Right. I say Cardi B because I like that. She's obviously promoting mm-hmm. Fashion Nova, but there's probably 100 influencers that I know personally that promote Fashion Nova. Am I going to use their code? you know, so-and-so 20 or Cardi B 20. I'm going to use Cardi B 20 because that's who I remember, you know? That doesn't say that the other ones didn't influence me wanting to be curious about Fashion Nova. Which is smart for Cardi B, too, knowing that she's the Fashion Nova queen. So if you see a company like Fashion Nova putting so much out there, you're the face still, and everyone else is building you up. Well, here's the other thing. the, The reason why I mentioned who my partners were is because they are creating companies with influencers because... So have you guys seen like the FabFitFun boxes are yeah, so popular and all that stuff? So they created a subscription box company with two major influencers. One is called Bless Box with Suzanne Hendricks. Mm-hmm. It's doing very well. She's a big beauty blogger, YouTube and all this stuff. And so she just finds stuff that she would recommend to her audience and puts it in the box. And then they have Amber Rose, who hers is called Slut Box. Yep. <laughs> and it's, you know, associated to Slut Walk, which is a women empowerment thing. But she has a huge following, and now she has her own company. She doesn't have to promote FabFitFun because she has her own product line. And she's getting more of a percentage of that than she would as just an endorsement. Of course. And she's able to collect information about her audience so that, the mm-hmm. you know, it's a subscription box, so you have to give your email. Most influencers, if something happened to Instagram, they would just lose all their followers. They don't have any kind of email mm-hmm. Uh, subscribe like they don't know how you know and that's a huge asset for them so what were what are what is the Hollywood film television general consensus or thoughts on influencers that you've heard I mean we like using influencers and I've been a part of some pretty interesting ones Uh, Sean Durris you know him I don't uh. At, at the peak of Snapchat he was doing these like drawings and Snapchat. So he came and just drew the idol set. Like he put oh, Kermit cool. the Frog in the judge's table and like, I don't know, a chicken mopping the floor and like all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, what else that's have we cool. done? We did one with Zach King too. Maybe that's what I said. How I met and like got to Toronto him. He made oh, Seacrest nice. disappear in a trailer. Just like, Oh, that's really cool. And the whole point is just to raise awareness for idol. It's still on tune in. It's all to drive tune in. That, right. That's, that's the end goal for, Networks. So people like it. People like influencers. They like working with them. Yeah, generally. yeah, most definitely. But then earlier you told me about uh, a film that got shut down because Logan Paul was in it. Yeah, exactly. So then there's guys like that that make everybody, you know, make a lot of people say, oh, now working with the influencer might be a liability. Something that we haven't touched on is the influencer audience. And obviously we're talking a lot about social media, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Is this mainly for a younger audience? And what is that age range, would you say? So the most valuable audiences are, I would say, 
women, if you have yeah. a female audience between the ages of like 25 and up, you know, mm-hmm. 25 to 55 or whatever. They want to have the money. 20, yeah, because they have, enough, they have enough money to spend. And so if you notice, you know, one of Gary Vee's first big uh, sort of partnerships or investments was Pure Wow, which is essentially like a refinery 29, but it's all positivity, you know, positive content around female uh, beauty. You know, their typical person has a, probably an income of 100,000 um, and, you know, they, they target content around that. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at, like, Goop uh, by Gwyneth Paltrow, um, you know, just celebrities started brands that, that target an older demographic have done really well. Um, what's the one? Jessica Alba has Honest Company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the goal, you know, the holy grail, I think, of audience. I actually, I, I met with this girl. She's beautiful. She looks like Megan Fox. Her name's Claudia. And she has 10 million followers, but it's mainly men, right? She looks like Megan Fox. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. and, but she has a really good attitude. If I said, hey, I think you should cater more towards women and, you know, post less booty pics and like, you know, or whatever, you know, she's just posting in her, like she's, she's just posting like a bikini and stuff. She has double click fans. Yeah. She has double click, double click, double tap fans, (laughs) which, you know, like I actually like think it, you know, she's beautiful and so I follow her I would follow her anyway even mm-hmm. when she was whatever she's posting uh, but maybe she would get more of a female audience if she was posting like beauty tips mm-hmm. or uh, more fashion oriented or travel that type of thing some influencers if I gave them that advice would say no because I'm going to lose followers you know I'm going to lose engagement you know, it's a trade-off. Are you trying, what are you trying to do? If you're mm-hmm. trying to become a brand and you want to get paid to, you know, advertise for Target, you know, you have to change what your image, what's mm-hmm. online. And and so even though she has 10 million followers, somebody that's getting, you know, that has a hundred, uh, that has a million followers, maybe they're more targeted. I don't know. The other thing too, is that a lot of these agencies are doing everything based on just impressions, but like you don't know if those followers are in India or you know some other country where your product doesn't even you know you don't even sell your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can buy impressions. You can buy any metric right now. And people are trying to get smart about that too. And they should. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just and there, there used to be so much around like the bots, you know, mm-hmm. um, because, but now you know. It, Influencers have like gotten smart about. I mean, there's big celebrities using bot programs to like and unfollow and unfollow. The problem was that they started to get called out. So, for example, like if or they or they were afraid of being called out. For example, let's say that um, I don't know. This is just an example, but let's say you're French Montana and your page liked uh, Cor- uh, what's his girlfriend, the Kardashian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, oh, if it yeah. liked her page and then tomorrow you get interviewed by, you know, E! Entertainment and they're uh, like, well, we saw you liked Courtney's uh, picture yesterday of this. And he's like, what are you talking about? You can't use a bot at that point, at that celebrity I level. once got a bot like from Christina Milian and I was like, wow, this is really cool until I realized it was a bot and I was like, oh. Well, that's not as cool. But you probably I've went lost and friendships it, right? over uh, But I went and looked. Likes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? 
But it's, it was, I didn't even know that that was happening until literally one of my big clients was like, hey, what's this guy doing? Why does he have 10 million and I only have 6 million? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're Money like, can do a lot of things. Yeah. And it almost is, and I've wondered this of, you know, people getting, you know, 75,000, $100,000 deals and what you could actually manipulate with that of take that 75 or 100, spend 15 to be able to majorly up the engagement and make it seem like that post is exploding. And you just pocketed $60,000 and the brand is happy because they don't know it. I mean, I if I was a brand, incredible. I would audit the shit out of that. And I'd be scrolling through all the likes on them, see if they're liking 10,000 people. Like, It's really well, easy to spot a fake follower or fake you engagement. You think, but like, here's the thing. So a lot of I just turned in like a really well thought out proposal for mm -hmm. a brand and they loved it. You know, I went through and audited all their social channels and everything like that. Um, and the competition are some huge agencies that, you know, their list of who they worked with is like insane right it just like mm -hmm. goes on and on and on of who they've done stuff with um and but the way that it's it's kind of cookie cutter the way that they do it right they say like for a hundred thousand you're gonna get this many impressions you're gonna get this many influencers to post and uh this many pieces of content this these many assets this, this many assets mm -hmm. it's just very cut and dry it's a media placement mm -hmm. when they're working with us it's like okay you know which influencer, like, like we'll go in and be like, we'll bring the influencers to their office so they can interview them. They can get a feeling, you know, of who's the best. Mm -hmm. We will come up with the creative um, strategy around it. Uh, we'll work with their agencies to figure out, you know, what's something that could go viral. The other thing that I don't think people think about is how do you evoke user-generated content using an influencer with a contest or the Shiggy challenge or whatever <laughs> it is. Can you artificially do that? I mean, Wendy's started roasting people on Twitter. You know that national, international roast day was not a real day. They wanted to roast other brands and people. And so they literally made it up. Genius. And then people were just like, oh, Wendy's is going hard in on national roast day. And it's like, wait, they invented it. Then they had all these people going back and forth. They, they dropped a mixtape. And guess how much that costs? Wow. And, and the, the impressions, the millions of impressions that came in from it, because other celebrities were just, just thought it was hilarious. When you make good content, to your point, people want to share it. And it's like what we were talking about earlier. People just want to laugh. They don't want to go on social mm. media to get marketed to. They want to go to social media yeah. to laugh, to get inspired. I think that's one Feel of the, emotion. in the last couple yeah. episodes, I mean, there's been several like main points we've hit. And I think that is honestly one of the biggest, if not the biggest, is that at the end of the day, you have to have good content. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, good content is what sells. And no matter where you're broadcasting, where you're putting out, that's important. I wanna talk, we've talked about the, the kind of the birth and the growth of influencing. We've talked about the present. I wanna briefly talk before we end about the future of where do we see this going? Because you said it's really saturated. People are, you know, there's so many micro-influencers, macro-influencers, celebrities now becoming influencers and using their reputation. Where do you see this going in the next three to five years? Um, I think that the industry is going to keep growing. I think that people are going to be more thoughtful about how the whole system works. And again, hopefully... 
the managers, the influencers, people like me will come together to figure out some sort of system like our own, you know, Google AdWords for influencer working with influencers. It's never going to be programmatic because you're dealing with human beings. But I think if we all come together that we could have a big machine. I mean, when you look well, at... I know someone yeah. trying to bring everyone together right now. It's Facebook, right? They're about to launch an influencer marketing place. You know about that? So I think what they're doing is um, offering the, the data, right? Like, like so that you could actually go in there and see which influencers match which, with which demographics and all that kind of stuff so you don't have to guess because literally right now I feel like it's like barbaric like I have yeah, to it's the wild west. hit the influencer up be like mm-hmm. screenshot your stats and like how is there not a better way to do this but have you heard of photoshop like it's <laughs> well, no, so and there, wild there used to be like exactly now that you yeah. can just literally photoshop it yeah but uh Social Blade got shut down because of all the stuff with Facebook. And so you can't really know unless you go into an influencer's thing. Um, But my big theory on it is that the influencers need to charge a competitive CPM, you know, cost per thousand views. And and then in addition to that, charge separately for production, creative direction, and like them acting in it, right? So like, let's say, like just like an actor would get paid a day rate, mm-hmm. right? So maybe they're, they're, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would be done exactly the way that marketers are used to buying exactly. media. So it wouldn't be so foreign. And then I think that uh, like one of the things that we're doing is we are, the influencers are, it's kind of like for us or for the brands by the influencers. What I mean by that is that the influencers are at, they have a seat at the table. So let's say, you know, I, I was talking to um, Cody from DJI, you know, they make mm-hmm. the drones and all that. You guys mm-hmm. know what it is. Um, Please send me one. And we <laughs> met uh, my business partners, at, uh, their management company, because we have separate, you know, we like to keep it separate. So there's people, yeah. is there's transparency. Mm-hmm. So they have a company called Two Pillar Management and they manage Jay Alvarez. Mm-hmm. Jay Alvarez is a filmmaker at heart. He's a young, he's like 22 and he jumps out of planes and he does all these amazing things. So, so he's in a, a great partner for DJI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's going to be. The way I see things going in the future is that Jay will be the creative director sitting at the table with myself, his team, right? His marketing, you know, the, his marketing arm that is going to have ideas. How do we optimize this? Is it going on YouTube? What's the copy on it? You know, how is it going to benefit the brand? And then we do it together like that. And I think, um, I think, you know, we're we're basically working with every sector like whether it's you know sports or music we're really trying to find like the one influencer that is the best of the best in every mm-hmm. category so like we have Jay Alvarez for sort of adventure we have Bella Thorne who is just you know she came from Disney she's huge singer um, actress um, we have Jace Norman who's the the he is the has the number one rated kids show on television in the United States Every little kid. I mean, he put my email up on his Instagram 
and I had to tell them to take it. I had to create a new Jace at influences.com oh because kids were spamming my inbox being like, do you know Jace? How do you, how do we talk to Jace? Somehow <laughs> yeah. they found my phone number. I was getting WhatsApp, FaceTime calls. I'm like, wow. okay, uh, this is it's insane. It's wild out there. <laughs> so I know he is the guy for the kids, you know, marketing and, wow. and now hopefully Shiggy. And so the idea is that if a brand comes to me, maybe, maybe Jace isn't even going to be in the campaign, but maybe Jace is going to be the, the vision behind it. And he's mm-hmm. going to say which influencers in his world are going to be the best ones to target. Mm-hmm. And when it's, you, it's just, they're new television stations. That's it. Back in the day, you were like, oh, I want to hit teens and college kids. I'm going to MTV, right? It's the mm-hmm. same thing, maybe a little totally. more broken up. And everything is just same, same, but different, right? Like, aren't you noticing this trend as we like get through all these podcasts? Everything, you see the early adapters come in, you see the adults come in and make that new platform just like it always yep. was. Because there's a tried and true formula of doing things right in production, right. in media, in yeah. sales. And they all have the connections and, yeah, the experience and the money. Yeah. To make it happen. And the people who get left behind are the people who refuse to use the new platform mm-hmm. or accept the new way of doing things. It's still similar to the old way. You just have to change a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And I think right now marketers are just having a hard time because they're like, you know, you're talking about people that got their MBA, like, you know, all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, this damn influencer, like he wants $3 million, you know? And I'm like, oh, geez, you know, like <laughs> I can tell why they're feeling that like, or like it, it's not right, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. But it's like there used but. to be a system in place for that. That's why the networks existed, right? To be the middleman between the content and the brands. And then you had a whole system that would negotiate, like agents exist so that relationships don't get strained between uh, production companies and talent, right? And networks, mm-hmm. because you don't want to fight over salary and create bad blood. Like you have your agents, knock it out. You say, hey, let's work together. Let's have our people talk to it. You know, like that's why it exists. That'll probably happen. I think that's what you're doing right now, right? Yeah, and we're not the only ones. Like I've seen yeah, yeah, some yeah. great campaigns. Like the, I think another, uh, did you guys see the Rudy Mancuso and um, Stephen Curry um, yes. thing. Yep. Like I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It was He's a good great. blend. Yeah. I really like Rudy. I've met him several times. Um, you know, it's, it's hard not to, uh, these are really talented people. Um, the favorite part of my, my favorite part of, of what we do is just like mentoring them and like helping them like get, reach their full potential. I think that's, you know, it's crazy though that, you know, they, they don't have, I, I, I guess, you know, when you're when you're an agency or whatever, you go and you have to do so much homework. You have to spend months on an RFP. The influencers have to learn to be salespeople, and they have to learn how to humble themselves and learn these you know things that a celebrity didn't used to have to know. But if you know those things, because what's hap- what's going to happen eventually is all the popular kids now they're going to get old. Mm-hmm. You know, Logan Paul is going to get old, and then like kids aren't going to relate to him because he's going to be old. But maybe Logan Paul can use everything that he learned from his whole career and maybe he's going to be an amazing marketer. Mm -hmm. But he's not going to be an amazing marketer if he doesn't learn what, you know, marketers that went to school and and have been working at brands for 10 years. You know what I mean? That's a really interesting thought. Yeah. Because... You know, Tila Tequila used to be an influencer on yeah. MySpace, and where's Tila Tequila now? Uh, it's true. Uh, it's an but we're going to grow up with them, too, you know? We're still going to use... Yeah. I want the them to be on part. my team, because they really do know how to yeah. garner attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just all have to work together. I think there's enough... There's a lot of money in the space, enough for the, the production crews, the, the talent, the creatives, the agencies... 
uh, I think there's just enough to go around. Um, it'll be interesting to see how everything goes. I'm wondering, is it a zero-sum game in that all the money that's going to be spent on marketing and content creation has already been allotted, right? And so you have your old-school media, you have your new-school media, influencers, whatever. Is it zero-sum, or is everyone just spending more because you have to spend more? So you Just because you're going to keep your TV budget the same, but you're going to spend more well, money on That's it. the yeah. problem right now, is that the influencers are just getting the influencer budget. So a brand might be like, oh, we'll mm -hmm. play around with influencer marketing. I'll throw a mm -hmm. hundred grand to it. You're not even tapping into their production budget, into their media buying budget. That, that, that's what the influencers mm -hmm. don't understand. The, the, the other thing is that those deals take several months to like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, and I've been burned a couple times where an influencer is like, oh, you know, I'll bring them a deal that I've been working on for several months. And they're like, oh, I already knew that brand, like, you know, eight years ago. And I'm like, yeah, but they never did anything with you. Like, I've been pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but I got the deal. You know, so it's kind of like the same thing. I mean, it's that that world maybe will always be, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I always say it's like a what have you done for me lately yeah. <laughs> uh, industry where the brands are like, what have you done for me, me lately? And the influencers, Town. same thing. The talent's yeah. like, oh, you got me a deal yesterday. You know, actually, it was funny. My Uber driver overheard me having a conversation. I'm sure my conversations are entertaining. <laughs> um, but he said, he gave me good advice. He said, you know what? I couldn't help but overhear what you were saying. He said, my grandfather gave, he always used to say the same thing over and over again. And it was that people will always remember what they did to help you and very rarely or never will remember everything you did to help them. Yep. That's just how our brain, you know, we'll always remember, oh, yeah, really, I did all this stuff for you. Um, but that's just, you know, that's, that's how it is. So. <laughs> well, it's an industry that is not going away anytime soon. And as we've talked about in the past episodes, I mean, the rise of social is increasing dramatically with content and with people forming and so there will always be influencers have always been influencers whether they'll be called influencers in five years maybe they'll change that name but i think it was just very enlightening to hear about the business because people see everyone you guys see the influencers out there when we're scrolling through instagram we're scrolling through facebook and twitter and snapchat we see people promoting things we know they're influencers but i think to be able to learn the background has been incredibly interesting of how the deals go down so thank you yeah you're welcome so much for joining us you know like i think as we do these i started this podcast to kind of teach mm -hmm. a lot of new people about the transition to hollywood but i'm learning so much like oh, do you feel the same most way definitely like i'm the, the questions that i'm asking yeah. are not questions that i have scripted they're questions that i'm hearing and saying oh my goodness I never thought about that how does that work out and my viewpoints are changing as well that's what i find to be so interesting because like when we start this i'd be like tv's over tv's over screw tv let's go influencers but it's like as we talk it's like yeah let's go to influencers but let's do it the right way yeah oh, you totally. know and, and I, it's just it's just storytelling i'll give you one yeah. more last cool thing that because this is actually the reason why I kind of started the, this company originally with that app was somebody told me I went to a presentation to learn how to speak in public because I'm really bad at it say like and um and stuff and he started that, the, the presentation and said that if you hook uh, up someone's brain to an fMRI machine and you can see all the activity in their brain the the pleasure center is the part of your brain that you would see light up if that person had a piece of candy or like drugs or um, you know it's it's that part that the, the lights up in your you know dopamine or whatever the red dot when you get a like on Facebook yeah exactly that <laughs> exactly that's true yep and it's the same part of your brain that lights up if someone says I want to tell you a story 
And when you think about that, our brains are biologically programmed for storytelling because it's how people survived. So in ancient days, how would we know how to harvest the crops um, to stay alive? Where to hide if there was predators coming? It was all done through storytelling. And so human beings are naturally evolved to want to hear good stories. The problem right now is that there's so much information. It's like we're drowning in information, but we're starving for some wisdom. You know, it's like that's... Yeah. And so the best storytellers are these, I think, content creators and influencers that can tell their story in a really compelling way, whether it's Will Smith or, you know, Kevin Hart or Amanda Cerny, King Batch. Those people, you know you have to be good storytellers. And if you're a good storyteller and you're genuine, you know, and you're you're consistent with your brand, then you could do a ton of brand deals, you know? Um, just, and you can just um, fill, fit them into your life. So that's what I, if I was giving advice to an influencer, just build, build your brand. Do whatever you were gonna do anyway. If you love candy, eat candy all the time and talk about it, you know? Because one day, a candy brand is gonna be like, oh my gosh, that kid loves candy. Yeah. Let's do a deal with him. And oh, he's tweeted at us a couple times too. Not like the Kardashian way, just you know, <laughs> gave him like a, a holler, like I like your, I like your candy or whatever. Um, and the other piece of advice I would give influencers is to make a biography real about themselves that they put on their channels because none of them have that. It's huh. search. I remember what I told you earlier. YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. I would actually say this just for any person out there, I'm I'm actually making mine, like, because we have so much old content. That's yeah. what I was telling you. Do we have old content? Oh my God, you don't want to see it. It's like, <laughs> if somebody knows your story in a nutshell, because there's so many influencers out there, if I can just give a video pitch to my brands about an influencer, they're convinced right away, right? And mm -hmm. whether you're a brand, also tell your brand story, right? Like, if you have a brand story, that you always want to spend a little bit of money on that one video, um, even if you're recording it with your phone. You know, the influencers have so much great content, but they're like, oh, what brands have you worked with? They're like, oh, I didn't save that story. Like, I worked with Coca-Cola once. And I'm like, what? Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> why? What's your case study? Well, we'll do another yeah. episode, I'm sure, coming up about how to be an influencer because it was yeah. you know, amazing to hear the backside from the business standpoint, but certainly a lot of people listening are like, well, how, do I, how do I become an influencer? Oh, I have so many... Fans, how do I monetize I that? And so, I, <laughs> oh yeah, boy. exactly. So we'll definitely I mean, you have, have ten thousand followers. You're up there. I'm like, yeah, it's I might hit four. Seventeen. Or oh, 17. Like that. I don't know. Oh, but like, shit. how to monetize that? So we'll definitely have you back on if you'd be willing oh, to come you. back. Thank you. I feel like in. to talk next time. I want to hear more from you guys because I feel like I talked a lot, but <laughs> well, I do. I hopefully, you know, I just want people to. I, I I see this industry growing, and I just want people to understand it. Yeah. Where same, can, same, but different. <laughs> where can people follow your stories on social media? They can follow me at Influences Inc. on Instagram and at Influences on every other platform. Influences.com. Congratulations. That was a killer. Thank killer you. Move. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, ben Gans, where can they find you? Oh, Vigo Ben. Instagram all day. There we go. Michael Klaus at The Only MC. Thank you guys for joining us. And again, thank you for making us one of the top 125 podcasts in the world. What an incredible accomplishment. We are so proud. We're so humble and appreciative to you guys. Make sure that you go like, comment, rate, subscribe. Tell a friend who wants to learn about the industry of Hollywood. Anyone can just look up Hollywood and just see the flash, but how does Hollywood run? That's where you come here to the Vigo Show. And a lot of people are DMing me and I'm answering every single question. You know, a lot of people have to live stream episode one to know about 
specific products, uh, software, hardware, feel free to DM me. I'll seriously answer every single one of your questions. At Vigo Thank ben. you guys for having me on. This was okay. really fun. Yeah, Thank you guys fun. are the so best. We're going to have to do many more. <laughs> we have to. So many more. Thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next time. Okay. Hollywood 2.0. The Vigo Show.